Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to this Thursday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We heard this morning from Dr. Angela Dunn. We heard from the governor. We heard from Dr. Eddie Stedium from the Intermountain Healthcare. We heard from Rich Saunders, who right now is serving as the interim executive director of the Utah Department of Health. And the message delivered by those four individuals was a bleak and unfortunate one. We got some new numbers today and unfortunately set some new records. The current case count, or today's case count, 1,543. That's a new daily record. In New York City today, it was 2,000. Compare those populations. What's that mean for us? Seven-day rolling average for positive tests was up as well. Seven-day rolling average for the positive cases, 1,288, and the percent positivity and this is the one number you got to really keep your eyes on. It ultimately ends up steering much of the policy set by uh, leaders not only here in Utah but across the country. We are at 15.5%. That's a record. In this morning's press conference, and I'm going to walk through much of what was said today for you in just a moment, I heard uh, Dr. Dunn say something I had never before heard her say. I want you to hear it yourself. We've seen in the past couple weeks that our healthcare system is at capacity, our healthcare providers are overwhelmed and exhausted, our public health system is stressed, and Utahns, we're tired, exhausted, and we're scared. And I get it, we get it. But the doctors, nurses, public health practitioners, the researchers developing a vaccine, we're all coming to work every single day to protect the lives and livelihoods of Utahns so that we can move towards a time when we don't have to worry about this anymore. And, you know, it just, I, I don't know what to, to do anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. Dr. Dunn is our own Dr. Fauci, if you want to look at it that way. Now, that's not to say that she's thrown her hands in the air. It's not to say that the state's plans are uh, are not appropriate for slowing this spread. Uh, I don't know the answer, but we do have guidance. One thing I want to point out before we move on, and I'm going to let you hear most of what was said in the press conference today, because as I said, there are uh, some some sobering things revealed. But if you heard in Dr. Dunn's message there, she said that uh, much of what is going on today uh, in terms of prevention is designed to uh, to save and preserve the lives and livelihoods of Utahns. That's an important thing, and we have heard Dr. Dunn speak in these terms before, and for me, it's comforting, because sometimes sometimes you find yourself taking sides, and you find yourself uh, in the middle of this false comparison or this false choice that we have to make between uh, the health of our bodies and that, those of our families, our, our physical health, and the health 
of our economy and our jobs. Well, uh, Dr. Dunn here uh, acknowledges and has been doing so for some time uh, that all of the precautions and the safeguards and the guidance that's in place right now is designed to preserve not only our lives, but also our livelihoods. Uh, Dr. Dunn went on to describe the current conditions in the state as we head into flu season. We as a state, we have set the table. We're prioritizing and focusing on individuals taking responsibility to slow the spread of COVID-19. And we're heading into the colder months where people are going to be inside having holiday get-togethers. It's now flu and cold season where every year we stress our hospitals during this time. You know, I'm really not trying to scare anyone. I'm just trying to inform you of what's going on and give you the facts of where we are in this pandemic. Dr. Dunn went on and talked about what people are doing to fight the virus and how we have to continue, at least for now. We're working from home. We're wearing masks. We're staying away from each other, practicing physical distancing. We're getting tested for COVID if we have any symptoms. And we're doing this to save lives and livelihoods. And this isn't going to be forever. You know, I can't predict how how long we're going to have to be doing all this. But I do know that we will get through this and we'll do it by coming together as a team and supporting our leaders, our healthcare providers and each other. You hear that again, reference to lives and livelihoods. I'm comforted by that. And it inspires me and motivates me all the more to practice the, the safeguards and the precautions that we've been taught from the beginning. Something's going on here in Utah. We've got to stem this. Uh, we got to nip this in the bud, and we can't, uh, we can't endure any further the road that we are on, that daily upticks, and daily uh, we see uh, records being set in terms of these numbers. We've got to do something about it. And that something, as you heard here described by Dr. Dunn, is designed to save our lives and our livelihoods. I mentioned there were other voices to speak today during the press conference, one of those uh, coming from Rich Saunders, the interim executive director of the Utah Department of Health. He talked a bit about uh, within this new transmission index announced just last week by the governor and Mr. Saunders himself, there have been some changes. There have been some Utah counties, a number of them, uh, which have moved from one category to another. Here he is explaining. Sixteen counties have changed levels this week. Thirteen counties went from moderate to high. Two went from low to high. One went from low to moderate. Saunders continues. We need your help. And I don't think we're asking a lot um, generally at this point in the in the pandemic. We have on this program heard from and in other settings heard from Dr. Eddie Stenium. He's the infectious disease medical director at Intermountain Healthcare, uh, and he often paints things uh, in the extreme. And I understand his position. You know, he is one who is battling quite literally on the front lines. He sees uh, the stresses that are endured by uh, healthcare professionals. There was that uh, public service announcement of sorts that was released uh, just yesterday, I believe, by Intermountain. In there, we hear from healthcare workers as they report to work each day, and they see, uh, you know, not the relatively healthy folks that you and I may encounter. You know, if you or I uh, know someone with the, the coronavirus and they're just recovering at home, maybe they're asymptomatic. Uh, that's one experience. Well, it's the doctors, uh, people like Dr. Stenium, who see the other side of the coin. Here is Dr. Stenium describing. This morning, I led Intermountain Medical Center's COVID-19 rounds. Um, These are rounds where an infectious disease expert 
reviews all the patients at Intermountain Medical Center. This happens in all of our hospitals across the state um, and ensures that patients are on the most appropriate therapies for COVID-19. Uh, over the course of these two hours this morning, I spoke with the treating physicians uh, for dozens of COVID-19 patients at Intermountain Medical Center. Patients in our hospital range from 19 years old to 90 years old. Uh, approximately half of them were in the ICU. All of them are suffering. They're alone, and they don't have the comfort of their, uh, their family or their friends nearby. Many won't make it, unfortunately. And some will make it and be left with chronic medical conditions. I'm going to leave it at that. The governor spoke. He talked about looking forward to a vaccine. He talked about uh, various hospitals preparing for potential overflow should these hospitalization rates continue to increase. Talked about much that we can do in the future, but also reiterated the point that much of what happens tomorrow depends on what you and I do today. Masks, hand washing social distancing, staying home if you're sick or symptomatic or have been in contact with someone who is positive. Quick break. When we return, we're going to shift gears, have a look at Washington and the vote that took place in a Senate Judiciary Committee just this morning to forward the recommendation of Judge Barrett onto the full Senate floor. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.